You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. This morning, I've entitled this message, How to Avoid Missing It. How many have missed it? And when I talk about missing it, I've missed it myself. And one of the areas we're going to talk about today is how you can miss it sometimes in prayer. Sometimes what we think is faith isn't faith at all. And we don't see the results that God wants you to have. There's an effectiveness in faith that works when you pray according to the will of God in the Word. And so we're going to look at that. And let me give you an example. Many people, they say, well, I'm, I'm believing that one day I'm going to get a breakthrough from that addiction that I have. Or I'm believing that one day I'm going to get the promotion. Or I'm believing that one day I'm going to miss, uh, meet Mr. Right. And they think that it's faith, but in reality it really isn't. In other words, they're waiting for God to move. And my Bible says in Mark eleven twenty four that whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And so... The scripture's telling us then that you haven't really believed until you've received. In other words, don't say you're believing until you've received. And I want to talk about that today because I want your needs to be met. There's people that go to church all the time and say, I believe in God, but they've never received Jesus. Faith doesn't work until you receive the thing that you believe for. And even though it may not be physically manifested, the reality is in your heart, you set in motion a miracle in your life. And that miracle starts the moment you believe you receive whatever the need may be in your life. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's provision. Maybe it's to see your kids saved. Whatever it is, you have to believe you receive. And you have to hold fast to that because once you do in your spirit, it begins to set in motion the miracle that you desire in your life. And what I hate to see is people who don't pray very much because they don't see results. And that's because they don't pray according to the will of God. Amen. Are you ready for it? Okay. Look with me to Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 through 10. And I want to show you a truth about prayer in this vision that Ezekiel the prophet had. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down into the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there was a very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause the breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and bones came together bone to bone. And indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy to the Son of Man, and, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great 
army. Now, here's the background, which is really excited about this message. Uh, the background is Ezekiel is a man called by God, and he believes that God has called him to be a priest in the Jerusalem temple. The problem is the people of God have been disobedient, so he is taken captive, and all his people are scattered all over Babylon and around the world. And so he's in a situation where it seems totally hopeless. And God gives him this vision about how God is going to restore his people. And this is very important that you see this. There's a difference between a vision that comes from the word and one that is given to you by the Holy Spirit. In life, you may every so often have a vision or a dream that comes directly from the Holy Spirit. But a lot of the vision talked about in Scripture is a little bit different kind, which is necessary for your faith. And you find it in Proverbs where it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of vision. And that's a vision that comes from God's Word. And what I want to tell you today is this, that faith will always die out without a vision for what you're believing for. You'll never have the faith that you need until you can see it within you. You have to see within yourself getting the breakthrough. You have to see within your family getting the breakthrough. You have to see within your life uh, God giving the, the blessing. And you got to stop talking doubt over your problems. you got to start speaking life over your family. If you've got a more marriage problem that's fallen apart and it, you feel like it's dead, you got to start speaking life to that relationship. Quit complaining about it. Quit saying, I wish I hadn't gotten married. And start speaking in faith over the things in your life that are dead. Maybe there's death in your body. Maybe there's cancer in your body. What I want you to do is believe you receive your healing and then speak life to your body. Every day speak life to your body. Every day command that body to be well and healthy and wise and that's how faith works but it works through this aspect of vision. And so many people all they see is what's wrong and they don't see what the word promises them. In fact, I love the variation in Scripture because in Scripture it shows you the difference between a heavenly vision that God gives you by the Spirit and one that you get purely from His Word through your imagination. If you remember the story of Abraham in Genesis, God told him, he said, I want you to step outside your tent and I want you to lift up your eyes towards the stars and if you can count them, that's all your descendants are going to be. That's how many you're going to have. The problem was, it was in the middle of the day, and you can't see stars in the middle of the day in the Bedouin desert. So Abraham had to step out, and he had to imagine all those stars, and he had to imagine them as his descendants. That's what you need to do. You need to step out of the problems you've got in your life and begin to look at what does the Word say? What does the Word promise? What does the Word say will happen in my life? And begin to see that in your life. Begin to see yourself prosperous. Begin to see yourself healthy. Begin to see yourself overcoming the problems in your life. That's how you get strong faith. You don't get it by looking at what's wrong. Amen. You don't get it by talking down to the things that you're believing for, you have to speak in life to them in your life. Are you with me so far? Now, this is going to help you. Faith is not from the mind, and it is not from your fleshly emotions. 
So whether you feel like you've received or whether you think like you've received has nothing to do with faith. Write this down. First, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says this. It said, may, the, uh, may, may, God, may God himself sanctify you completely and your spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. Now, notice how he describes this. Spirit, soul, and body. He doesn't describe us body, soul, and spirit, but he describes us as spirit, soul, and body. The word spirit is used interchangeable in the word, and it's a word used for heart as well as spirit. Your spirit is the new man you have in Christ. That's where God talks to you. That's where God ministers to you. In other words, he doesn't minister to you through your body. He doesn't minister to you through your mind or your soul or your intellect. He ministers to you through your spirit. In fact, I'll say this, when your mind is renewed, it isn't your mind renewing your spirit. It is your spirit renewing your mind. In other words, the anointing within you gives you revelation in your mind. It all, God always speaks to us in our hearts, not our bodies. Now, here's what a lot of people miss it. They get to church, they get excited, like a service that we had today. There's a lot of motion going on. You're excited, and you say, I believe I receive. Wow, whoo, I feel like got it. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and then on Monday, it's raining. <laughs> you stub your toe, you don't feel like you've got it anymore. Faith isn't about your emotions. It's about receiving it in your heart. Anything that I can imagine that I have and see inside of me is something that's in my spirit. My faith is always alive when I can visualize it. When I can see it, I know it's inside. It's beyond my mind. It's inside my spirit. Let me prove it to you. Remember the scripture that says this? Anyone that looks upon a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery. Where? 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 In his heart or spirit. Last time I checked, when you lust, you envision something. We got to forget about the negative lust and we got to begin to focus in on the positive things that we can envision. You can envision yourself doing better than you're doing right now. You can see yourself coming out of it. You can see yourself with the joy of the Lord. You can see yourself breaking through those boundaries. You can see that in the Word because the Word says if we meditate on it and we begin to look at it in our life and see it in our life, that our faith will grow, 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 and your prayers will be answered. Rather than not being answered, you got to believe today that I'm going to receive what I need from God. And we all got needs, right? But you got to believe you receive. People go to church all their life and believe in God and never get saved because they never receive Christ. People all the time say, I believe in the Holy Ghost, believe the Holy Ghost come in the world, but they, have you received him? No, but I believe it. Well, you haven't got the Holy Ghost. Uh, you haven't got the baptism at least until you receive the Holy Spirit in your life. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, I'm ready to receive today. 
And say this, I haven't believed until I receive. Say it like you mean it. I haven't believed until I receive. Say it again. I haven't, I haven't believed until I receive. Say it one more time. We're getting this. I haven't believed until I receive. Come on. This really works. You know, some churches, they, they seem to not believe in much at all except the death and resurrection of Christ, but they don't believe what he atoned us for. And I believe that's critical. When we first started ministry, we kept records of all the people that got healed in the church. We don't do it anymore, but I tell you, it works. It works. You go to a church that doesn't believe you receive, you're not going to see the healing in your life. But you're not going to see the supernatural provision in your life. But if you believe you receive, man, it sets in motion your miracle. Your miracle needs to get set in motion. Breakthroughs got to come in your life. But you got to believe you receive it. Once you believe you receive it, you can see. Whew, man. It gets pretty excited. Praise God. So I want you to see something here. The body, my flesh... It operates from the five physical senses, okay? The voice of the body is the five physical senses. The voice of the mind is your human reasoning, your intellect. That's the voice of the mind. The voice of your spirit or heart is your conscience. Here's where people miss it. People do not guard their conscience. And they begin to do things that their mind justifies in doing even though their heart's condemning them in it. And it dulls their ability to put the emphasis on the inner man that God is speaking to. And faith is on the inside. But if you're used to running your life from your intellect or the five senses, you're going to ignore. And you're not going to be able to have the kind of faith that you need on the inside. you got to start today and say, I'm going to live with a clear conscience. I'm not going to allow what's going on in my, when my conscience bother me. I'm going to deal with it. Because that's where faith operates. When I first got saved, I really developed this. And I remember I was on a, a job, a, cons a construction job, and uh, I was doing finish work, and it was very expensive wood they were using on this trim that we were doing. And I had made a mistake and cut the board wrong, which is about a $500 mistake. And I remember the superintendent walked by and he saw this board cut wrong. And he started cussing and swearing and said, who in the world did this? And he was the kind of superintendent that would just fire you on the spot. So I was over in the corner working. and I didn't say anything. And then all of a sudden, I started getting convicted by my conscience. And I said, Lord, I go in there. I'm going to get fired. My wife, we need some money. I get fired if I go in there and tell them I messed up. And it just wouldn't let up. I said, Lord, I told you before that I'm going to keep my conscience clear. So I remember I walked into his office, and his name was Blackie. I said, Blackie, it was me. I, I messed up that board. I'm really sorry. It's just a mistake I made. And he looked at me like he's kind of dazed. He said, oh, don't worry about it. Go back to your job. But, it, but it's that type of sensitivity where you begin to trust in your spirit more than your intellect and reason, more than your, what things look like. Because God says that those that are led by the Spirit 
are the children of God. And God doesn't lead you by your flesh. He doesn't lead you by human reason. He leads you by your spirit on the inside. That's where the voice of God gives you that direction. The voice of God directs you. The voice of God leads you. The voice of God gets you to do this and get into the right place on the inside. Come on, church. This is such good preaching. So what I want you to see and take this home is this. Become more spirit conscious than intellectual conscious or body conscious with your five physical senses. Then you'll be able to be led by the spirit and then you'll be able to believe in spite of the fact your head is going, it won't work, it won't work, it won't work. Or in spite of the fact it don't look like it's going to work, it doesn't feel like it's going to work, but I received on Sunday at church what I needed from God. And I got it on the inside, praise God. I hell or high water. I'm not letting go of it. Bible said if I believed, I received. I've received what I need today in my life, in my family. I'm not letting go, Lord. I set in motion a miracle. I set in motion a breakthrough. I set in motion this in my life. And that's how it works even though sometimes we mess up on it and, and miss the purpose of it. Now, I think what's happened to a lot of us, if you've been raised in church at all, is a lot of times in Christianity, religion, they have a tendency to overemphasize what God does and underemphasize what we have to do. And that's where you get people in prayer begging God. God, I'm begging you, please save my husband. I'm begging you, meet these needs. But understand something. There's a part that God will never do for you. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always merciful. He's always giving. He doesn't change his mind about healing, change his mind about provision. Go boldly to the throne of grace and receive him. But understand, he wants you to use your faith. He won't do it for you. He won't save you without you using your faith. He won't heal you without you using your faith. Let me give you three examples. The woman with the issue of blood that was healed, Jesus said to her, your faith has made you well. Didn't say my faith. It said your faith made you well. You remember the, the story of the 10 lepers that were healed and one came back to Jesus and Jesus said to him, he says, your faith has saved you. In these examples that we're talking about, we see something very powerful. We see that Jesus is commending them for using their faith. Blind man Barnabas went to Jesus Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, that I might see again. And then you know what it says at the end? Jesus said, your faith has saved you. Your faith. Your faith can pay your bills. Your faith can get you healed. Your faith can remove mountains. Your faith can get you delivered. Your faith can make a difference. Your faith can give you a breakthrough that you desire in your life. Your faith can make a difference. Your faith, your faith can rise you up. Your faith can get you healed and delivered and set free. Your faith can do it. But you got to use it. 
you don't use it, even though it's God's will for you in your life, you're not going to see what you need in your life. And I, I know it's frustrating people. They just say, well, Lord, you, you just do it. He won't. Not because he couldn't, but because he designed the system to work the other way. You have to use the faith that he gives you from the word. If you don't use it, it's not going to happen unless you've got someone else praying for you, someone else interceding for you. It's not going to happen unless you use your faith. Say it with me. I got the faith to move mountains. I got the faith to get wealthy and healthy. I got the faith to break through obstacles. I got the faith to deliver every demon that tries to come at me. I got the faith to do what God has told me to do because God's word's inside of me. Praise God. I tell you what, that's just awesome. Awesome. Now look with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 and you'll see that whenever you believe there's a receiving part. For who makes you different from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did not indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you have not received it? In other words, anything that we have, we received. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's because you received it. If you're saved here today, it's because you received Jesus. Whatever we received from God, we had to receive it. It didn't just happen. God doesn't save people until they believe they receive it. Amen? I believe in God. I believe in this. I believe in heaven. I believe in hell. Have you received Jesus yet? If you haven't received Jesus, your belief will not get you saved. You got to receive what Christ offered you in your life, and when you do that, you'll be ready for the next breakthrough. See, here's the problem that we have. We're waiting on God to do something. God, I'm waiting for you. Come on, do something. God, I'm waiting for you. Come on, come on. If you want you to do this, when I, when I, then I'll receive. God's already done everything he needs to do. The word was already became flesh. The word grew up. God grew up. J Jesus has already went to the cross. Jesus has always dis already descended into hell. Jesus has already ascended on high and sat down. Jesus has already sent the Holy Spirit into the world. He's already done everything that you need for life. He's already done it. So if it's already been done, all I got to do is receive it, right? Then that seems simple. Let me, get, let me give you from this perspective. You remember the verse in Isaiah 54, verse 4, it says this. It says that by his stripes we are healed. That was Isaiah the prophet looking into the future of 100 years when Jesus went to the cross. And he said, by his stripes we are healed. And then Peter takes the same verse, 1 Peter 2, 24, and says, by his stripes we were healed. He's already provided it. It's already for us. Healing's there. Forgiveness is there. What you need is already provided for you in Christ Jesus. You don't got to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. The Holy Spirit is here. All you need to do is receive the Holy Spirit. If you need the Holy Spirit, he is right here, right now. He came at the day of Pentecost and he has not left. And as many as call upon him and believe on him, he will fill, overflow with his power. And, oh my goodness, this is good preaching. Yeah. 
So we don't need to wait to receive. My wife is a wonderful cook, but she doesn't cook instantly. I'll say to her, I say, baby, it's 5 o'clock. It's time to eat. She says, we don't have to eat at 5. I said, no, 5 o'clock is when you're supposed to eat. <laughs> and so she'll usually start at 5. I'll be over in my office, and i got to wait. I smell it. I smell it cooking. I want to eat it. It's not ready. It's not ready. But man, she's, then all of a sudden she says, it's ready. Your healing's ready. Your provision's ready. Can you smell the breakthrough? Can you smell the joy? Can you smell the accomplishment? Can you smell it? Oh, man, it's been cooked up. It's fired up. It's ready for you to receive right now today. Woo. So I, when I pray, and, and I don't do this lightly. It took me, in fact, I studied on divine healing in depth probably four to five hours a day for nine months. And I became more convinced about divine healing be being provided for us than our sins being forgiven. But sometimes you got all this religion that says, oh, God doesn't always do this, whatever. I want to tell you something. God provides forgiveness of every sin. He also provides healing for every disease. And let me tell you why it's hard in the church to preach this. I was talking to Oral Roberts. We were at his house one time. And uh, they were asking him, can you lay hands on me for a healing anointing? And he said this. He says, are you a pastor? And many of them said, yeah, I'm a pastor. He says, I'm not going to do it. They said, why? Because you'll never have the faith you need like an evangelist. Because you're dealing with people day in, day in, out that haven't got healed. It'll never lock into you. And that's true in a church. Because, you know, we don't see 100% of the people get healed. But I'm preaching something that is 100% true. It's 100% and if you're going to stand for healing, you believe you receive it. And don't you question it. God doesn't change his mind. All the promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. It don't matter how much percent we get on it. The reality is that's the way you get delivered. That's the way God answers prayer. And we're going to stay on that and forget about all the rest. Say amen. Oh, go ahead and praise the Lord right now if you want to. Come on, just go ahead and praise him. I just, that'd be awesome. There's not a sinner in the world today that's waiting for Jesus to die for their sins. He's already died for them. He's already provided forgiveness. All they got to do is receive it. Now, they're not waiting for something to happen. It's already happened. All they need to do is receive from the Lord. Now, let me give you something here that'll really help. One of the things I've seen in the church that hold people back from receiving is this idea that I'm in the boat that I'm in because of other people's sin. And therefore, I'm suffering not because of anything I did, but I'm suffering because of the sins of my father or his grandfather. And therefore, I can't receive what I need to be set free. I'm going to show you in the word of God that when Jesus went to the cross, he delivered every one of us from every generational curse there is. There isn't a curse that wasn't covered 
on the cross. Look at the verse here. Uh, Jeremiah 31, verse 29. In those days, say those days. That's our days. They shall say no more. The father has eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. If you keep reading down to verse 31, it'll tell you that it is in the days of the new covenant that we are in right now. In other words, when I come to Christ, I'm, 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 in, a, I'm in this new covenant. And it says once that day comes, they're no longer going to say that. Why? Because in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, it makes a very powerful statement about the curse it says this it says that we were wounded for our transgressions and we were bruised for our iniquity or he was wounded for our transgression and bruised for our iniquity transgressions are different than iniquities iniquities are those sins that you repeat over and over again that become second nature to you they're the sins where uh, you have a bad temper and you've had a bad temper so long that you, you don't even have to try. You just lose your temper. Or it's that, that weakness in your flesh with lust where you just can't help it. You just automatically look at the wrong parts of women's bodies. Don't shout me down, men, because I'm preaching. Good. It is a weakness. It's a weakness. It's an iniquity. Transgressions or sins are just, I commit it maybe once, twice. It isn't a habit. I just, you know, I lost it, made a mistake, that's it. Iniquities is where curses come from. It's because of iniquities that generational curses are passed down. And it says that he was wounded for our, trans, our tr transgressions and bruised for our iniquity, which means it covers every generational curse that exist on this earth. Amen. Say amen, everybody. Amen. That's why I said last week that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. Part of the curse of the law is a generational curse. Christ delivered us from it. You say, well, 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 I know people that are under curses, whatever. That's because if they're Christians, they haven't used their Faith, say amen. Christ spiritually set you free. You are alive unto God. You are not spiritually dead. Those, that sickness, that disease has no right in your life. And you need to rise up and say, you, for, as far as me and my house, we are serving the Lord. You got no place in my life. You got high blood pressure. You got no place in my life. High cholesterol. You got no place in my life. Heart condition. You got no place in my life. Praise God. I'm not under a generational curse. I have been delivered by Jesus. That's actually pretty exciting. You know, you go to the doctor, what do they do? Do you have cancer in your family? Do you have heart issues in your family? Why? It's a generational thing. But just because it's passed down doesn't mean it has a right to you. If you're born again, it doesn't have a right to you in your life. <laughs> Woo. Well, remember, I, remember I had allergies. That came from my mom. Generational thing. I don't have it now because I applied my faith. Hallelujah. Generational curses say you'll be poor all your life. But I'll tell you what, in Christ, that don't, you don't need to be poor no more. You can break out of the slums. You can get off welfare. You can have your own business. You can excel. Come on, don't you dare let the devil steal from you. You rise up. Woo!
I'm going to believe God and get the breakthrough that God has called me to have in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And always remember, the scene is in believing. Faith is the substance of things not seen. Can't see it in the natural. If you can see it, it's not faith. It's faith when you can't see it. Hallelujah, Jesus. I can't feel any difference. That doesn't mean you don't have faith for it. I don't feel any change yet. That don't mean you don't have faith for it. You believe you receive right now. The Bible said these signs follow those that believe. It didn't say these signs follow the skeptics. These signs follow the doubters. These signs follow the mockers. It says that these signs follow those that believe. When you believe, you receive. Amen. Let me close with one verse. Luke chapter 18, verse 41 to 43. This is uh, blind man Bartimaeus. Listen to what he says. Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. In other words, spiritually receive it. Your faith has made you well. He's not healed yet. Next verse says, and immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorify God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. He believed when he received. Are you going to believe when you receive? Are you going to receive today what you need to make your life better? I would. I would. Because the way that you're going ain't going to make it. Bow your heads with me and pray with me right now. Father, I thank you this morning. I'm asking, Lord, that you'd move by your spirit and that, Lord, you'd quicken and touch every heart here, Father. Not one person would leave unhealed. Not one person would leave here unsaved. And I want you to hear this when I say this. If you have not received Jesus, maybe say, well, I believe in God, but did you receive Jesus? Did you receive him? Not enough to believe in God. You have to receive Christ in your life to be saved. That's why things are ineffective in your life. You've got to receive him. You've got to receive him where he lives inside of you. If you have not made that decision today, you don't have to wait another hour, another minute. Right now you can receive Christ. And what I want you to do is slip your hand up to heaven and say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus today into my life. Just lift up to his hand. We're going to pray. We're going to believe that God will do what he's going to do. In fact, why don't you all stand up right now because I want to pray generally for you as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many have received the Holy Spirit in your life? Praise God for the Holy Spirit. Praise God for the praying in the Spirit. Praise God for it. Today in the service, if you've not received Christ, put your hand up towards heaven. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, put your hand up towards heaven. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Father, I pray right now, I'm asking you to bless your people who are coming and going. I'm asking, Father, that you'd fill us full right now in Jesus' name and that not one person would leave not receiving from you. Now, I want all of you to say this with me. Today, Lord... I am receiving 
what I need from you. I'm receiving my healing. I'm receiving my breakthrough. I'm receiving my promotion. I'm receiving my house. I'm receiving my spouse. That's just for some. And I'm receiving your grace for today to be blessed. Give God praise, everybody. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.